everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast here on the Teardown Feed. My name is Jeff Gluck and I'm a writer for The Athletic. Each week I ask a race car driver the same 12 questions and this week it's Michael Waltrip who most recently was seen on the SRX track. Obviously a two-time Daytona 500 champion as well. And you might be like, well, that's kind of weird timing. Why Michael Waltrip right now being on the 12 questions? Um, honestly, I I've keep seeing these uh, social media pictures about this beer that he has and he's been promoting. And I'm like, what I what is up with this? Where, where did this beer come from that he has? And now he has like a tap room. Um, so honestly, I kind of just wanted to ask him about it and figure this would be a good excuse to do it. He's opening the tap room this week. Not an ad, I promise. This is like my idea to reach out. It wasn't like a, this isn't like some sponsor thing. I was just curious about like, where did this beer come from? And figure we could ask uh, the other 11 questions at the same time. So here we go with 12 questions with Michael Waltrip. All right, everybody, I'm here with Michael Waltrip. And Michael, the first question is, when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are, do you ever lie about what you do for a living? (laughs) <laughs> no, I just say my name's Daryl and uh, <laughs> I'm retired and I live in Tennessee. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, which current NASCAR driver have you known for the longest? Denny's probably the one I've known the longest. We've been friends the longest. Um, Kevin's been around longer, so maybe I, maybe I knew him uh, a little bit before, but as far as friends and guys, you just, you, you hung out with, uh, Denny would be the, the longest. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, can you describe to us what it feels like to crash in a race car? Well, I have two answers for that question and they can both be, be, um, answered with one wreck. I think it was Miami in Oh four and me and, me and the family were going to go on vacation the next day to Puerto Rico. And I went into turn one and blew a right front. Um, and I was near the bottom of the track. And when that tire popped, I remember thinking, I ain't going to Puerto Rico. Wow. I'm going to the hospital, you know, with, with that speed and that angle. And I hit, and it was the safer barrier. It was the first time I'd really hit one from, from that, from a severe angle, you know, and I hit and I'm like, that didn't even hurt. That's wow. awesome. I am going on vacation back. I think I'm going to get to leave a little earlier than I thought. And, uh, <laughs> this, the violence of hitting a concrete wall, it's hard to describe. Um, and it's just so abrupt. It's, it's just vicious. And, uh, the difference between that and, and hitting a, a, a safer barrier, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I'm so thankful every day that, um, you know, a lot of people say, what's the biggest safety intervention and the Hans comes to, to people's mind first, but to me, it's not even close. It's those, uh, safer barriers. Wow. Wow. That's really interesting. Um, do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes you've made lately that you're particularly proud of? Yes. When, um, so I've always been a fitness bit of a fitness guy. I ran marathons when I was a race car driver, just because I wanted to prove to everybody that you might outrun me, but you would never outlast me. Mm. That's, that's why I did it. And, um, I was proud of that. I ran four marathons. My fourth, I made it in less than four hours, which I, that's not Jimmy Johnson esque, but it's certainly an athletic accomplishment. Yeah. And, um, and then just over the years, um, uh, b- bouncing back and forth with, with being 
being in shape and not. But over the last year, uh, I've lost over 50 pounds and wow. uh, I can lift more weights than maybe I ever could. So uh, just, yeah, I have a buddy. He's like 86 years old and we play golf every now and then. And he's a he's a little feller, skinny, you know, a thin feller. And he told me one day, he said, Michael, when you get old, uh, being being smaller helps you. It, it makes it less complicated. And um, and that was, I think that was, that was probably my motivation. And I decided that I was not, I was going to lose all that weight. And so uh, the, the answer is, and it's been consistent through my life, just using, you know, being in shape, trying to fight the fat and having a, a low heart rate and doing everything you can to, to live as long as you can, I guess. What's your secret? How have you lost all the weight? Um, it started with intermittent fasting. And so I, I go 16 hours without eating. Wow. So it doesn't matter when I ate last, I won't eat again for 16 hours. And that, that was the catalyst I think for, and you, you know, at first it was really hard. Um, but then after you get used to it, when it's time to eat, you don't, you don't want to eat a cheeseburger because you're like, I've been starving for 16 hours. I want to make sure I eat something that's decent. And, um, so just the, the, the intermittent fasting and then adding in when, when COVID happened back in 2020, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't go to the bar and have nachos. They weren't open. So I just said, well, um, I'm going to walk and, and run and, and just live a better lifestyle. So that's, that's what I'm most proud of these days. Wow. That's phenomenal. Good for you. Um, what makes you laugh during a race? Uh, other drivers talking about what an idiot the other driver is. Um, <laughs> driver saying that that's the stupidest thing I ever seen anybody do ever. And then they do the same thing, you know, <laughs> a lap later. And so it isn't the stupidest things they ever saw. Just the power of and and I lived it obviously. The power of that button on the steering wheel makes me laugh because you know you push that thing down, and it doesn't matter if you're talking to to Muhammad Ali, you know, you're, 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 you're a badass. You're, you're, you could beat him up when you got your finger on that button. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, I think that's the thing that makes me laugh the most. Cause it's, okay. it's going to happen on, on Saturday night, you know, yeah. it's, it's going to happen again and again and again. Cause you just can't help it. Yep. That's right. Uh, what is a quality or skill you envy in other drivers? Car control, I guess. Um, would, would be the short answer to that guys that can hang it out and, um, and not let it get away from them. And everybody, everybody at the cup level can do that, but some people can, can go faster than others while doing that. And that, that's, that's, uh, someone told me a long time ago and I, I've always remembered it. Um, everybody has obviously a windshield in their car and some drivers, um, windshield is, is bigger, if you will, because, you know, if, if their car isn't handling, um, they, they can, they can still work through it. And then there's a lot of people with, with the car, you know, if the car is perfect and it's right down the middle of the windshield, they're going to, they're going to win the race. But the people that can overcome, um, ill handling cars, um, and, and have that car control, I think is, is what impresses me the most. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. Um, so this is a wild card question where I'm, I'm mixing it up for each driver. Um, obviously you, you recently launched 
Michael Waltrip Brewing Company, and you just opened this tap room in Bristol a couple weeks ago or very recently. Um, I, I've seen all this on social media, and I haven't got to ask you about it at all. Um, what, what's your motivation to to do this with the beer, and what's your vision for how you want all this to grow? Well, the motivation was, uh, and it's a funny story. Me and a couple of buddies were playing golf in um, in wine country, Sonoma, and we we quite honestly uh, we didn't have anything to do the next day other than golf, and we we got served too much wine. We 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 drank too much Peju. Peju, if I remember it, P-E-J-U, that winery. We went there and we had, they gave us too much of it. And so we went to the first tee and I said, um, I don't, I don't, this, I don't have, I'm not feeling it, boys. I've got a wine hangover and they're the worst. I said, why don't we drink beer? I don't think we would feel near this way if we drank beer. And they said, I don't know. I just don't really like many beers. I said, well, let's make some beer. Let's, let's do something. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Brian Sperber and Glenn Gross, they're my partners. Brian used to be the president of Phoenix Raceway and Glenn owns bars and restaurants in Texas and Arizona. So that's his world. Uh, and we, we, we said, let's, yeah, let's, let's try it. Let's, I mean, we, it sounded silly, but we said, let's do it. That'd be fun. So our assignment was to go to, um, we, we, we met a, a brewmaster guy and he said, go to Denver, Colorado, if y'all want to really do it right and visit pubs and microbreweries and, and take a notepad and write down everything you like and you don't like about beers and report back to me. So that's how, that's how silly it started and how serious we were. We're like, all right, we're going to Denver. And <laughs> of all, like we could have gone anywhere, I think, you know, but of all places, we went to Denver, Colorado and spent two days um and the notes the notes at noon when we started were pristine you could see everything by six o'clock when we were at our last stop during the day you know the, the notes weren't as clear but we came up with three we came up with a, 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 a list of things we liked and didn't like and what we liked about an ipa what we liked about a stout about an amber about a uh, a mexican lager and 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 handed it over to our brewmaster friend and he came up with three recipes uh, we have three beers that are in distribution. You can go to Food City in Tennessee and in Virginia um, and, and a lot of other locations in Tennessee and Virginia, along with our uh, brewery in, in Bristol. And you can buy our three um, our three styles at the store. And that's a, a blonde ale, which is our two-time blonde. Now, did he win the Daytona 500 twice or does he have a bad girlfriend? Those are the <laughs> five on your own. Uh, the two-time checkered past, same thing. Did he win or is there things in his closet we don't need to know about? And then our two-time uh, Mexican lager, which is called Vominos, uh, which means let's go. And I joke with Daniel Suarez all the time. I said, this is your beer. This is our beer, mine and yours. If you don't like it, this this isn't going to work. And uh, Daniel had, had one of them. He said, you know, Michael, you, you've done a nice job with our nice. beer. So that that's how it all started. The 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 goal would be to be able to walk in any store in America and buy uh, a Michael Walter beer. The short term goal is to um, make Bristol, Virginia, uh, which it's just right across the border from Bristol, Tennessee, you know, State Street splits the two states and we're mm -hmm. just on the Virginia side, but just to make Bristol, Virginia, a destination for, for race fans and, and just people that want to go and 
have a cold beer and, and uh, have some friendship and, and enjoy relaxed atmosphere. Uh, we, we've been open for two weeks. We're going to have our grand opening next Wednesday night uh, prior to the, the truck race on Thursday in Bristol. And hopefully, you know, it, anything that's new, obviously, in, in these challenging times, being able to, you know, to be ready for a crowd is it makes me a little bit anxious. But nevertheless, I'm very excited about the, the building. Uh, I can send you a couple pictures of it if you like, but they're on my social media. So I'm very excited about the building and the atmosphere and how comfortable it feels. That's great. That's how, that's really cool. Very interesting uh, origin story too. Um, so this has become a remote work world and I know you've, you've lived in North Carolina for a long time now. Um, if you could relocate to a different state, you know, you could still do your TV obligations or whatever you wanted to do. Um, where else would you want to live? Um, I, I, I always said I would spend the winter in Phoenix because I love it. Uh, in Arizona. Um, I also love Banner Elk in the summer, which is in the North Carolina mountains. And uh, Michael Jordan has a really nice golf course in Jupiter, Florida. That might be an option as well. Um, I got to try to see if uh, I see if Denny can put me on his list of like, if I want to join, you know, he could tell Michael that it's okay if I do. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I would, one of those three is where you would most likely find me if, if I weren't here in, in, uh, at Lake Norman, but this, this is, this is a really cool place to spend, you know, spend some time as well. So I'm, I'm really blessed that I wound up in North Carolina. Um, I, I, I enjoy golf a lot and, and, uh, the, the other two, lo three locations I mentioned Banner Elk in the summertime is a great place to play golf. Playing, uh, playing golf down in, in Jupiter at Michael's place is fun. And um, obviously Scottsdale's got a lot of cool places to play as well. That's great. Um, what is an embarrassing mistake you made on the racetrack that you're comfortable sharing with us now? Punching Lake Speed in the head. <laughs> That's probably the most, that wasn't on the track, it was on pit road, but that was, that was, that was probably the most embarrassing thing that I've done because you're not, you know, you're not supposed to commit um, physical abuse, but it happens. I understand that. Um, that was that was pretty bad. Um, embarrassing on the track, like something that uh, I know what it was. It was, and and I will take part. I will take most credit for this because I did it. But I left pit road in the one in the qualifying race at Daytona when I was a. Uh, part-time racer and had to make the race and you know this is my fault i'm not going to blame my spotter because every driver blames a spotter that's easy but when i got down to turn one he said stay on the apron stay on the apron and i i did it even though I went, that wasn't the rule you know you could go on the track and oh. i stuck out and hit the wall and luck luckily um i don't remember how it happened but i, I managed i got in the race because of my speed and qualifying or something but that was the most embarrassing, embarrassed I'd ever been because I knew better, but I didn't, that, that sucked. I'm sure Jeff, if you look back on the internet, you can find way more embarrassing things than that. But those are the two that come to mind. Lake, Lake, Lake was really embarrassing because, you know, I shouldn't, obviously I shouldn't have hit him. Remember this, Lake's a great Christian man. So he forgave me and we're friends today. Oh, there you go. That's nice. 
it's a good ending. Um, so I ask you this, not knowing, uh, what your future plans are to get back in a car. Or if SRX is in the future or anything like that again, but, um, if someone were to hand you an envelope and inside of this envelope was the date of your final career win, would you want to open it? Yes. Yeah. Because I don't know when it is or when it was or when it might be, because I thought I was going to win a couple of those SRX races and that would be pretty cool. And the, I hadn't really thought about racing NASCAR anymore until doing that. And, you know, when you're out there with some of the best in the world and you're able to, to stand toe to toe with them, you know, sometimes it makes you think, well, maybe I do have one more win in me, but I will tell you for sure. I'm really, I'm really thankful that, um, you know, that I got one last win at the truck race in Daytona in 11, because, you know, I, it's like pre pre 11, you asking me this question, I wouldn't have known the, you know, I wouldn't have known. I would have thought, well, you know, maybe not, but, uh, my, my, my family there and being able to, to win that race was something that, um, something that was really special to me. And, um, yeah wish my spoiler hadn't fallen off because that kind of sucks that that win you know has that attached to it but um oh well yeah something yeah that's right (laughs) um have you achieved your childhood dream yes yes 100 percent sure um i dreamed of racing at daytona and i wasn't bold enough to dream of winning there. I just, I just remember wanting to race there and, um, to be able to, to win at Daytona and to be able to, um, I I look around my house a lot of times and I, you know, I I think to myself for someone that's known for not winning a lot, I sure do have a lot of trophies. (laughs) Um, yeah, I've been really blessed. And, um, you know, when we raced, Darlington um, Sunday, it was the it was the, the day in 92 that I won the bush race there. And I think second was Mark Martin, third was Dale Earnhardt, and fourth was Dale Jarrett. You know, and that's 1992. And obviously those, those three went on to be pretty good drivers. So, uh, you know, having the wins I've had and being able to, to do the things I've gotten to do, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky, pretty thankful. That's cool. That's really cool. So, uh, each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. And the last one was with Justin Algeyer. And his question for you is, um, if you could go back and do one thing over that changed the trajectory of your career, what would it be? The answer to this is, is very simple to me in the, in the late eighties, early nineties, um, I should have taken a chance. I should have, I should have said, all right, I'm stuck in this. The ride I'm in is not working for me. It's, you know, it might be a great car, but it ain't, but it was a ride. And I was, you know, I was close to winning and I almost won, but I, I just wished I'd have been bold enough, confident enough. I wished I'd have said, I'm going to become a free agent. And if mm-hmm. nobody wants me, then so be it. But I did it and I, I hung in there and, and, and only reason, the only reason why it all turned out, uh, 
okay is because, you know, my friend Dale, he always said, you'll win. You're good enough to win. And then when, when the Wood Brothers ride became available, not, not, I don't know how many people know this, but I'm pretty sure he got me that ride. He told, he told Lynn and Eddie, he said, put Michael in there. He'll win. So, uh, yeah, I just wished I had been, I wished I had been more confident. Uh, I wish I had said, you know, I love you, but this ain't working. I'm going to try something new. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta step away. And I, I didn't, I didn't do that. But when I say all that, I don't, I don't like regrets. There's things I wished I'd have done differently. And you, you phrased it that way, which is awesome. So I don't want it to sound like I'm, I regret it because who knows what would have been happening or how it would have turned out differently. But that's something I think about occasionally. Yeah. So, um, I don't know who the next interview is with yet. So you could either give a question, um, that I could ask just any race car driver or when I know who it is, I can check back with you and you can give me like a more specific question. It's up to you. I think if this is a good, either way is fine with me, but let me, let me ask you, this is a good question. What, what did you think about Kyle Larson's move on the last lap at Darlington? Like that, that was fun. I mean, that your poll of 90%, I guarantee it'd have been 80% if he hadn't done that. <laughs> 70%. I mean, that, that's when you just say, I don't think this is going to work, but what if it did? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So that would be one question. And if you wanted to ask something that was more, more broad, it'd be like, um, what is the best moment, that one moment of your whole career, of everything you've done? What, what, what one thing stands out above the rest? Oh, I love that question. That's great. And if That's it, great. If, if that question for me, would, for, if that was for me, it would be, um, on the cars in Daytona in 01 celebrating. Yeah. I was looking, I was looking at the picture right over your shoulder there. Yeah. It doesn't even really have to be a win. It could be anything, but what's that one moment? Mm, I love that. I love That's that. That's probably my question. Cool. Well, man, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And good luck with the uh, with the brewery grand opening um, this week coming up. Well, I'll be there uh, Friday night. If you get done bush racing and want to stop by, we'll be there. Sounds good. Have All a right. good one. Appreciate it. Yep. Bye bye. See you. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. Such an interesting guy, and uh, obviously with a fascinating life and career, lots of ups and downs. So I appreciate him taking the time to do that. And although I didn't know it at the time, the next interview is going to be with Ryan Blaney. So Michael Waltrip's question, um, I get to ask Ryan Blaney that on next week's interview. Make sure to tune back in for that as well if you're a YRB fan. Anyway, I believe I said last week that the 50% off deal was about to end it actually got extended one more week. It's doing really well for new subscribers to The Athletic. And um, you go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions to sign up for that. I am told the this offer like actually does end September 20th. It was supposed to end September 13th um, for the start of football season, but they extended it one more week. So um, not sure when you're listening to this, but if it is before September 20th, last shot there. Um, to take advantage of this really good deal. I think it's $2.99 a month for all of the athletic. It's really, um, you really can't beat that price. So uh, make sure to do that. Again, theathletic.com slash 12 questions. 
Everybody, thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time right here on the 12 Questions Podcast.